on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am absolutely appalled at the disinformation around iron metabolism because copper is what runs the recycling program. That 2.5 million RBCs taken offline every second, that requires bioavailable copper to complete that cycle. And that apparently is not taught in any doctor school on the planet. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. Today's guest has been here before, Morley Robbins. And you guys love the episode so much that I asked him to come back. And this time, we are going over my test results. So in the first episode that Morley and I did, he mentioned a lab test that you can that you can do to check on all of your levels, like your copper, your iron, and you can tell whether your iron is being stored in the tissues or in the blood. And I got that test done. And then he goes over my results in real time and explains what all of it means. It is so fascinating. We left in the show notes a link to the test that I got. If you guys want to get it, I paid for it myself. I can't remember the cost. I think it was around 150 bucks. Don't quote me on that. Something around that, maybe 200. It was definitely not more than 200. So you guys can absolutely go to the website, order the test, and then get your results back. So we go over my results. He talks about what all of it means. And it was absolutely fascinating. I took a course in my graduate program when I was getting my master's in nutrition, and we went over how to read lab results. And that was one of my favorite classes that I took. It's so fascinating to be able to get a glimpse into what is happening in the body in real time. I say this all the time, blood work is so incredibly imperative to know what is going on. And blood work is the best way that we can figure out what is actually happening in the body. So I highly recommend if you're at all interested in this, getting that. Another test that I mentioned a couple times in the episode that I got is something called Function Health. I would go to their website, just Google Function Health. It's Mark Hyman's new blood work program where you pay um, X amount of money per year. I pay for it, by the way. This is not a sponsor. I paid for it with, with my own money. And you get three blood draws a year. And essentially what it is, is trying to make blood work really accessible and also normalize people getting blood work a couple times a year, because that's really the best way that you can stay on top of your health and see trends and yeah, just really like stay on top of your health. So anyways, I hope you guys love the episode. And we mentioned in the very end of the episode, please DM me and write me any questions that you have after listening to the episode. And then I'm going to bring Morley back on and we're going to answer all your questions. So thanks so much. As always, if you guys are loving the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. It means so much. It really helps the show. And I just appreciate your support so much. Thanks, guys. Is it just me or is colostrum just totally taking the internet by storm? I, I mean, I'm so happy about it. And it's so interesting how certain things will... Uh, just become a massive trend. I've been taking colostrum for probably at least 10 years now or so. My mom got me on it. It's an ancient practice used for immune function. It really helps to strengthen and bolster the immune system. And I will say Armra colostrum has really taken the internet by storm and for good reason. It is a really good high quality colostrum. I get so many DMs from you guys just specifically asking me if I use Armra colostrum. And yes, I do. I've been taking Armra specifically for almost a year now. I travel with it everywhere I go. I bring the little individual packets with me and I especially take it while I'm traveling because that's when we are most susceptible to getting sick. 
And you know what's really cool? There's actually a study that's been done comparing the effects of the flu vaccine and colostrum. And colostrum performed better in protecting the body from the flu. Isn't that wild? And this is a peer-reviewed study posted in a very well-renowned medical journal. So what is colostrum? It is the first nutrition we receive in life and contains all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses these 200 plus living bioactive compounds to rebuild your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. Armor Colostrum strengthens immunity. It ignites metabolism. It fortifies gut health. It helps activate hair growth and skin radiance. And I actually have seen um, all my little, I have all these baby hairs that have been growing since I started taking it. And it helps to power fitness performance and recovery. And what's cool is we have worked out a special offer for you, my audience, my listeners who I absolutely adore. You're going to get 15% off your first order. So go to tryarmra.com slash realfoodology. That is T-R-Y. A-R-M-R-A.com slash Real Foodology or simply enter code Real Foodology and you're going to get 15% off. Again, that's tryarmra.com slash Real Foodology. Armra is A-R-M-R-A. Snacks. Let's talk about snacks. Everyone loves snacks and I feel like it's hard to find a good snack that actually fills you up and that you really crave and like to eat. I... I'm obsessed with the grass-fed beef sticks from Paleo Valley. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw recently that I went, I literally went to this show downtown and my girlfriends were making fun of me because when I met up with them, I literally had a Paleo Valley beef stick sticking out of my pocket. My friend goes, are you packing meat in there? (laughs) I was. I always have a Paleo Valley stick with me either in my purse or I always shove a a bunch of them in my car and just leave them in there for, you know, emergencies, for snack emergencies. I'm always bringing them places on hikes, you name it. I always have them on me because they are just, they're such a great snack. It's a great source of protein. They taste really good. They come from 100% grass-fed beef and they're really high quality. It's only organic spices in there. You're not going to find any other fillers. And you know what I love so much? Their beef comes from 100% grass-fed cows raised entirely on natural grass pastures by family farmers right here in the U.S. And they also are committed to supporting regenerative farms, which is really important. If you guys are not into beef, if beef is not really your thing, they also have pasture-raised turkey sticks and they also have pasture-raised pork sticks. So they have a variety of different flavors and all different kinds of meats to serve your meat desires. And if you guys go to paleovalley.com slash realfoodology, you're going to save 20%. Make sure you go to paleovalley.com slash realfoodology. You're going to save some money. Also check out everything else they have on that website. They have superfood bars. They have organic super greens. They also have bone broth protein. They have grass-fed whey protein. They have essential electrolytes. They also have a superfood golden milk, which is going to be really good going into fall. So make sure you guys check it out. Use the code Real Foodology, and you're going to save some money. I'm so excited. I have Morley Robbins back with me today and you guys loved this episode and you had so many questions. So I wanted to bring him back on to answer some of those questions, dive more deeply into iron because this seems to be something that a lot of people are really confused about. And I also got my test results back. So I did the lab test that Morley and I talked about on the last episode and he's going to go through it live with us with my results. So 
We're all going to learn together in this. I'm so excited. Morley, thank you so much for coming back. I'm delighted to be here. I was just thinking about how much fun it is to go through someone's blood work and, and how we can make it a lot of fun, right? <laughs> yes, I totally agree. I love it. I actually did a course in college when I was getting my master's in nutrition. We did an entire course just on how to read lab results. And I was so fascinated by it that I'm actually going to do... I have a, a girlfriend who, if you don't know who she is, I should link you up with her. Her name is Emily Morrow. And she does a course on how to read blood work. And I'm actually going to do this course too, because I find it so fascinating. That's cool. No, I would enjoy meeting her and, and having a chance to connect with her. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I can say at the outset is that um, there is so much confusion about blood work, particularly as it relates to iron. Mm -hmm. I never imagined that there was so much distortion uh, in, the, uh, in the system and that all these declarations of anemia are based on really faulty interpretations of the results. And that'll become more clear as we get into this. But what I want to amplify real quick for the, for the listeners and for you as well, is there are three containers for iron in the human body. There's a big giant bucket. And that bucket, you know how big a bucket is. And the bucket uh, holds hemoglobin, which is 70% of the iron in the body. Now, if you include myoglobin, which is very similar to it, we're up to 80% of the iron. So basically, the, those proteins are waiters carrying oxygen. And on the way to and the way back, they're carrying CO2. But they're basically waiters, and they're dumber than a box of rocks. So a huge portion of iron is shows up in hemoglobin, and to the extent that you have access to myoglobin, but 70% of the iron is tied up in, the, in that blood protein. Mm. Then there's this, another container. It's a teacup. And you know how different a teacup is in a bucket. So the teacup of iron is called ferritin, and ferritin is this iron storage protein, as you probably know, and that's found inside the tissue. It's not supposed to be in the blood. And it turns out there's actually three different forms of ferritin. There's something called heavy chain. And heavy chain means it's like an ATM machine. And it's principally found in heart and kidney tissue. And so what you're doing is you're putting iron in, taking iron out. Putting it in, taking it out. That's what an ATM machine does. It doesn't just dispense. You can actually make deposits too. Mm -hmm. Then there's something called light chain. Light chain doesn't work the way an ATM does. And it's found in the liver and the spleen principally. And the light chain doesn't have copper as part of its function. Heavy chain does. Light, light chain um, uses hydrogen peroxide to force the iron into the storage uh, protein. It's not as clean. It's like a square peg in a round hole. Dink, dink, dink. It's not as efficient. And there's the third chain, third, excuse me, third form of ferritin that no one's ever heard of, especially your doctor. No offense, they just haven't been trained this way. But there's a third form of ferritin, and it's called glycated or glycosylated 
ferritin, G ferritin is what it's called. So we have H ferritin, L ferritin, and G ferritin. You've never heard that term, I'm sure. Mm -mm. Uh, I shouldn't be so presumptuous, but I, I didn't think you had. And the G ferritin means that it has been secreted out of tissue, principally the liver and the spleen. But it's it's an altered form of light chain ferritin that has no iron in it. Hmm. And so this this blood test that we're going to be looking at is going to be evaluating your serum ferritin. It's a glycosylated, think of it as a glycated, a sugar sugared form of ferritin, but there's no iron in it. So it's a complete false narrative about what's going on inside your tissue. Mm -hmm. So we've got the bucket, we've got the teacup, and then we have a thimble. And the thimble, you know how tiny a thimble is? Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a time when a lot of people would know what a thimble is. I'm on, I'm on the shaky ground here. How many people really know what a thimble is? You but, know what? I think I would argue that more people know about it than you'd think simply because of the game Monopoly. Okay, very good. <laughs> good comeback, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? But um, so thimble, real tiny, and that's called serum iron. And it's in one of the first markers in your blood test. Mm. And it's 1% of the blood. So we've got bucket of 80, we've got a teacup of 10, we've got a thimble of one, and then the rest are just um, proteins that are found throughout the, the cells and the mitochondria. But those three containers are really important, and they reveal completely different aspects of iron metabolism, and they have been grossly distorted to make the declaration you're anemic, and then they like the, the rejoinder, which is, and you're copper toxic too. I mean, that's mm. that's that's the meme that runs medicine now is you're anemic and you're copper toxic. So what we see um, right out of the blocks, very top is iron and TIBC. TIBC stands for total iron binding capacity. And basically what it is, is it's the number of docking stations in the blood for recycling iron. So that every second of every day, our spleen, most people, you know, they've heard of a spleen, but they don't, it's on the left side, liver's on the right side. I actually think the spleen is the brains of the outfit. Mm. Uh, it's regulating <laughs> a liver. It's a very different way of thinking about it. But in any event, you've got the, you've got the intersection of two major metabolic pathways. You have iron recycling, and you've got the immune system. And so every second, there's 250 million red blood cells going through the spleen. 1% mm. need to be taken offline. Every second. Wow. So it's 2.5 million red blood cells. Spleen's got to pull those out. And it's got to check and make sure that there's no pathogens, encapsulated bacteria, fungus, virus, or parasites every second. So picture Lucy and Ethel at the chocolate factory. The manager just said, speed it up, boys, and that's your spleen. Hmm. Stuff's just going by. Wow. And that's innate intelligence at work. 
And when the spleen doesn't have enough energy, it can't think because IQ requires energy. And what would cause someone's spleen to not have enough energy? Would this be connected to diet, sleep, all diet, of that, immune function? St stress, but being exposed to glyphosate, mm -hmm. exposed, being, and, and what is important to know is that people with celiac disease have a compromised spleen. Mm. People with Crohn's, colitis, IBS, compromised spleen. Turns out that there's about 100 different autoimmune conditions. And guess what they all involve? A compromised spleen mm. that's, that has excess iron, has parasites, and there's usually emotional trauma attached. So this neglected organ becomes front and center for trying to bring the body back into regulation. This is and this is all new information. I just ha happened to have a, a mind-bending conversation with Brian Artist. Brian Artis. Um, he's the chiropractor who's trying to enlighten people about venom. And um fascinating guy. And he's really schooling me up about the um the spleen. Because most doctors, most practitioners don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it. I didn't know. It. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it did until recently. And it's an oh my God moment. So what we're seeing here with your, your blood work is the TIBC, total mm -hmm. iron binding capacity. What that really represents is a uh, transport protein, transferrin, which is probably going to be farther down in your um, blood work, which we'll, we can come back to it. Transferrin and ceruloplasmin are two of the most important proteins in our body because they're the first line of defense to prevent us from having excess iron. And, and that is the culprit in all illness. I don't care what, whether we're talking about autoimmune, cancer, metabolic syndrome, you name the condition. I know there's copper-iron conflict, but there's building oxidative stress as a result of that iron dysregulation. That's behind every um, symbol, symptom that's mentioned in the um, Merck Manual. So that's, the, that's an important cornerstone for people to understand is that <clears throat> there is no disease, there's metabolic dysfunction, and it's caused by copper iron dysregulation. And so your TIPC, 340, divide that by 12 and a half, you get about 27. And that's pretty close to what it should be. Ideal would be 30, and you're at 27. So that's actually, that's pretty good. Amazing. Well, and you know what's interesting is that I might have been at 30 before. So if you can see, you see on there a previous result and dates. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh my God, that's right, 364. I didn't even see that. So 364. It was 384 um, before that. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. So. Yeah, I've been getting a ton of blood work, and I guess they tested that previously back in June. I think it was through, I've been doing Function Health, Mark Hyman's new okay. project, but I think that's where that came from. So that it was originally 384, yeah. so I was going to ask you, what does that mean that all these numbers went down? It wasn't a ton, but I did notice that the TIBC, the UIBC, the iron and the iron saturation all went down just a touch. Yeah, One of them, I, actually, the iron saturation went up. Went up a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, keep in mind... I, I remember years ago, 
reacting to someone's blood work. And I, I had befriended um, a world-renowned pathologist. He's at the University of Louisville. And I, I was, you know, barking at him about this. And, and he said, Morley, he said, do you realize that there's a 20% error rate in blood testing? <laughs> I went, That's no, I didn't true. know that. So it was, I was just, I was totally deflated by that comeback. Because you, because we put such, we, we, we have an electron microscope over these numbers. I was like, of course, these are accurate. No, they're not. They're just, they're close. Yeah. And so, um, you're absolutely right about your, your previous result was, um, was spot on at about 30 for transferrin, which is exactly wow. where you want. Um, your iron is, is running hot mm-hmm. and it ideally, again, assuming that these, blood tests were taken on day 15. I'm pretty sure the second one was. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the first one, but sure when either. it's ideally, a woman should be around 100. Mm-hmm. Guys should be about 120. And so when it's running hot, I, from my read of the research, would suggest that maybe uric acid might be an issue. And we'll see in a minute if that's if that plays out. Um, the thing is, um, in a woman's body, we have swirling seas. And that's why you have to do it around day 15, because you've got this massive flux of iron and magnesium, especially, that's taking place. Everyone's been trained to focus on estrogen and progesterone, when in fact, the real the real sea change is between iron and magnesium in the woman's body. So it's just a good thing to know. And Who's regulating all that is this guy named Copper, but no one ever talks about that. I have a question about all this too, because, you know, we talked about this on the last episode. Because I have hemochromatosis, I've been told that my iron levels will always kind of fluctuate a little bit. And I wonder if this plays a role in that. Yes. Okay. So I completely forgot your hemo. Yeah. Hemochrome, I guess they call them. And that's just <laughs> a term of endearment, right? Hemochrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Okay, so now we've just changed the battlefield. Interesting. Okay, and maybe we can explain to people just, you know, like really quickly, just a little like refresh of what what that means. (laughs) Well, what that that means is you have a propensity, a tendency to store iron in your tissue. Mm -hmm. And it's not a death sentence. The fact that you know about it and what you want to be doing is um, regular phlebotomies to stay on top of it because, yeah. And so when you're, when you're, again, go back to the thimble, your thimble has 20% too much iron. Mm. So it's, it's not like it's a lot of iron, right? But what it reveals is that your iron recycling is running hot because it has lots of iron in it. And the important thing is that what hemochromatosis does is it affects a critical um, iron hormone called hepcidin. Mm -hmm. And hepcidin, and and I'm I'm sure (laughs) trying to picture the average listener right now, they're like half asleep, like, what's he talking about? But hepcidin is a very important uh, hormone that affects the the recycling of iron, especially at the back door called ferroportin, that's supposed to release iron into the bloodstream. 
And it looks like your system is releasing lots of iron, which mm. is just it's just the nature of the beast. And so you want to stay on top of that. You want to you want to be very mindful of your regular uh, phlebotomies in addition to your mon monthly uh, menstrual flow. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So then when you divide serum iron by TIBC, total iron binding capacity, you get what's called percent saturation. What percent of the docking stations, what percent of those transferrin proteins are tied up with iron? And ideally, you don't want to get above, say, 35%. Uh, You're right on the edge, which is fine. I like to see it closer to 20, between 20 and 35%. Um, the closer it is to 20% saturation, the lower your chance of getting cancer. Mm. The closer it is to 60%, the greater your chance of cancer. And so you're creeping around the midpoint. So again, you just want to stay on top of the phlebotomies. So does that mean, okay, so do more phlebotomies essentially to keep that lower? Exactly. Okay. And, and what I would, and what I would be doing were I you with what I know, I'd be really pounding down the, the copper and the and the RCP to make sure that you are regulating the iron with Mother Nature's natural iron regulator. And that's iron, and that's copper, excuse me. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's a copper supplement that you recommend. I think I asked you this last time on the podcast, but I can't remember what it was. Do you have one? I, I do remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, I wrote I wrote the the book in uh, 2020, but didn't use the word COVID. And then when I figured out what COVID stood for, COV coppers vanished, ID irons dysregulated. Mm. Um, I decided to make a copper supplement in 2021, and it's called Recuperate, and that's an indication of my un unending wit. Re I love that. Recuperate. And, uh, <laughs> I and love so you, that. Get, you can get that from Formula IQ. And um, they've got they've got the whole line of supplements you need to do the RCP. So. Okay, amazing. And actually, you know what? That was one of the questions that I got. Someone DM'd me after they listened to the podcast and they said, could you, let me see, I wrote this down. They asked me, they said, I didn't quite grasp the correlation between copper and COVID symptoms. And they were like, if you have another opportunity to interview him, could you please delve deeper into the topic? And so I wrote that down because I knew you were coming back on. So maybe we can take a moment to dive into that a little bit. Yeah. If we have time. Yeah. So there's um, um, what happened with COVID is there was something called a cytokine storm. Mm -hmm. And it was triggered by the spike protein. Now, we're getting into some real sophisticated biochemistry, but there's uh, the spike protein is very similar to this hormone called hepcidin. Mm -hmm. And it really messes up iron metabolism. And what the cytokine, cytokine storm did was it unleashed a significant amount of ferritin into the bloodstream. And what that represents is a massive flux of inflammation, mm. most likely in the, in the liver, but also in the spleen, and maybe even in the kidney. But it was a massive um, change in the metabolism that resulted in 
a breakdown in energy production that led to this flooding of ferritin and inflammation. If we were talking to a biochemist right now, we said, how do you spell inflammation? They would say H2O2, mm. hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide, mm -hmm. because that's what inflammation really is. It's a bleaching agent, believe it or not. And so it's it's actually ineffective energy production. So when we're making energy in the mitochondria, we're, turn, we're activating oxygen and turning it into two molecules of water, and that's two H2O. It's not H2O2. And it turns out that the cycle in, in the mitochondria, it's a two-stroke engine. The first stroke turns oxygen into hydrogen peroxide, but then there's supposed to be a second stroke to turn it into two molecules of water, 2H2O. When that doesn't happen because of a lack of bioavailable copper, inflammation will rise and create um, conflict in the body, and there'll be energy loss. And that's what the cytokine storm was all about. And and so the other the other part of it is hepcidin expresses at higher levels in a copper deficient body. Now, mind you, I've been studying this for about six or seven years, mm -hmm. and I'm just now beginning to feel comfortable talking about it. And I don't say that to be braggadocious. We're talking about really confusing biochemistry and physiology. And so the average person who thinks that iron metabolism is measured in a ruler, high and low, is going to be really thrown off by what we've just talked about. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's we're talking about very esoteric um, information that is not easily revealed in uh, on the internet. I can tell you that. Well, friends, we are officially in hot chocolate season. I am declaring hot chocolate season, and I am so excited because that means that I get to go back to drinking my nightly salty hot chocolate from Element. I personally know that whenever people first see that Element has a chocolate salt, they get icked out by it. Guys, trust me, you do not want to sleep on this. And during the winter, they come out with other flavors. So far, I have seen the caramel chocolate salt come back. I am praying, fingers crossed, that they bring back the mint chocolate salt, but do not quote me on that because I don't know yet if it's coming back. But it is so freaking good. One of my best friends actually drinks the chocolate salt in her water every day, just with cold water. I have not tried that yet, but it sounds like it'd be pretty good. But trust me when I tell you, if you put a little hot boiling water with either the chocolate salt or the caramel chocolate salt, you will not regret it. It tastes like a salty, sweet, the most delicious hot cocoa you've ever had. It is insane. Just please trust me. Write me on Instagram. Let me know after you have tried it. It's so good. And if you have any concerns about the sodium levels in Element, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to my episode with Dr. James Dinick. He wrote a book called The Salt Fix, and he talks all about how we actually got salt wrong and how imperative salt is for every day. I will note, guys, it is important that if we are consuming this amount of salt to be working out every day, just making sure that you're sweating, moving your body, getting your lymph moving, and sweating out toxins, 
I don't think we talk about that enough, just how important it is when we're hydrating, also to make sure that we are sweating. If you want to try Element today, that is L-M-N-T, make sure that you go to drinkelement.com. Again, that's drinkelementlmnt.com slash realfoodology, and you will be able to claim a free Element sample pack when you make a purchase through that link. The sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect offer for anyone who's interested in trying all the flavors or who wants to introduce a friend to Element. They offer no questions asked, refunds on all orders. So if you don't like it, you get to send it back, but I'm pretty sure you're going to love it. So if you guys want to try Element today, again, that's drinkelementlmnt.com slash realfoodology. Not all probiotics are created equal. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot just go to the grocery store or Whole Foods and buy any probiotic off the shelf, it is so incredibly important that you are getting a good high quality probiotic. The reason not all probiotics are created equal is because a lot of these probiotics or you know, the good gut bacteria that need to populate our gut never actually make it to our guts. This is why you will hear companies saying our bacteria arrives alive. That is really incredibly important. And this is why I love Seed Probiotic. Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a broad spectrum two-in-one plant-based prebiotic and 24-strain probiotic. If you guys follow my stories on Instagram, you will know that they have a pretty extensive delivery technology in a dual capsule design. And what's really cool and special about this, it's very unique, it essentially potentially delivers more bacteria to the colon because it gets through all of the stomach acid and everything else that would otherwise burn up this bacteria and not allow it to get to the gut to repopulate our gut. They also have a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages, systemic benefits beyond the gut, and proprietary engineered two-in-one capsule that I was just talking about that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. It's really cool. If you actually take the green cap and you open it in your hand, you will see another capsule pops out with some of the supplement in there as well. And this is what I was just talking about. I actually did this on my stories the other day. It's really cool. If you take the green capsule and you pop it open in your hand, another capsule will pop out of it. It's really cool. So when I say that there are systemic benefits beyond the gut, what does that mean? It's including gastrointestinal or GI function, skin health, heart health, gut immune function, gut barrier integrity, and micronutrient synthesis of vitamins B9 and B12. Gut immune function is not boosting the immune system. It is about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. Many people see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. If you want to start a new healthy habit today, visit seed.com slash realfoodology and use code realfoodology to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DS. O one daily symbiotic. That's seed.com slash real foodology and use code real foodology. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think I got such a, a massive response from this last episode we did, because what you're saying really challenges what we're being told in the conventional um, allopathic model. I'm, I'm t- Courtney, I am absolutely appalled at the disinformation around iron metabolism. And this this knee-jerk statement, you're anemic, is absolutely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And there's two principal forms of anemia. This IDA, iron deficiency anemia, which is total lie on the planet that has 36% iron. Iron dysregulated 
anemia. I'll buy that. It's it is dis, dysfunctional and dysregulated. But the other form is called CDA, chronic disease anemia, also called chronic inflammation anemia. And it turns out that CDA stands for copper deficiency anemia because copper is what runs the recycling program. That 2.5 million RBCs taken offline every second, that requires bioavailable copper to complete that cycle. And that apparently is not taught in any doctor school on the planet because it's where the breakdown is, especially in the spleen. Wow. That's where that's where the conflict is. And so essentially what we're saying in layman's terms is people are being told that they're anemic, aka they're not getting enough iron. And what you're saying is that people actually do not have enough copper in order to recycle the iron right. effectively. Okay. Right. Let's spike the football. We're in the end zone. We can now, we're done. That's it. Yeah. That's the most important thing for people. Again, people are going to say, wait a minute. It can't be that simple. Actually, it is. Yeah. It really is. And and we got to think about the fact that there is an innate intelligence in our body that's been dealing with these metals mm -hmm. for a long time. And what's missing in our environment now? The nutrients, especially magnesium and copper, and vitamin A. And what are they really important for? Iron metabolism. I see this a lot when I interview doctors that there is this, you know, the, the medical system has been, it's kind of this beast, right? Like we established these certain talking points and we've established this as like, for example, with like iron, we're like, this is how it works. This is the end all be all. We can't change this. I see this with cholesterol too. Like I had oh. a, another doctor on talking about how the way that we measure cholesterol and what we say is high versus like what our body actually needs. And it, there, it's so hard to turn this ship around because a lot of these advances that we made in this conventional allopathic model were huge at the time, right? We were like discovering all this stuff and we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like this is how this works. And it takes so long for the the mainstream to kept, catch up to when people start challenging that and we start realizing new information. And it's so frustrating because it's so hard. I read once that it takes about, I think it was like 19 years for the research to catch up with what we start teaching in medical schools because- 40, 40 years. 40, 40 years? 40 years. Oh yeah. my gosh. Because we're so like steadfast in our, our beliefs. Right. So uh, I've got a book uh, entitled The Role of Copper in Lipid Metabolism. I, I could run, go get it, but I don't want to take the time. But, but it's, <laughs> it, it cost me $200 to buy it. And it's about this thick. The first chapter, the very first chapter, documents how copper deficiency causes an elevation in cholesterol in the blood. Wow. And there, we're talking about world-renowned scientists. And the, the person who started that movement, his name is Leslie Clavey. We probably talked about him in our first conversation. Mm -hmm. 1973, he did an experiment and proved that copper deficiency caused cholesterol, hypercholesterolemia, that's the technical term. He re later referred to it as lipid intoxication. And... Um, 30 labs, 30 labs around the world have replicated his findings. Hmm. And that's the truth. But the narrative is you need a statin to solve your cholesterol problem. No, you don't. You just need more bioavailable copper. 
Yeah, just- well, and too, and the this doctor that I had on was talking about how the so when you go to your doctor and your doctor's like, you know, they're they're referencing a range, right? And to in order to diagnose if you have high cholesterol. And he found that the pharmaceutical companies are the ones that are determining these numbers because they want to be able to get more people on statins. It's not necessarily about a healthy range for the average person. It's more about what they can they can sell to get more people on statins because we forget cholesterol is so vilified we need it for our brains you know it's in a healthy range we need it <laughs> our cell membranes don't work without it our brain exactly. doesn't work without it. our exactly. hormones don't work without it. no it's just it's it's crazy we've been bamboozled we really have all right so continuing with the with the lie is uh you know now we've got vitamin a and vitamin d and Everyone knows they need more vitamin D, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what vitamin A is. They don't know what animal-based retinol is. And technically, there's a ratio between vitamin A and D, and there should be uh, technically three times as much vitamin A as there is vitamin D. Ooh, so I need to get mine up. Or no? Yeah, you do. You you okay. do. Your, okay. your, your vitamin A is uber low, your vitamin D is ridiculously high. It's three times higher than it should be. There's no benefit above 21. And oh, I know really? Means- for vitamin oh. D? There's oh, no benefit above vitamin- 21? Okay. That's, that's the range developed by Michael Hollick at Boston University. And he's not the be-all and end-all. There are other, other practitioners. I, I happen to worship at, I mean, I'm from Baltimore. Nickname's Baltimore. Worship at the altar of Hopkins. And Muhammad Amer at Hopkins, did a major study in 2013 and studied all-cause mortality versus vitamin D level. There was no clinical benefit to having vitamin D above 21. Absolutely no benefit. And what people don't realize is that the vitamin D, vitamin D blocks vitamin A, and vitamin A is essential to make copper bioavailable. That's the catch. My only question about the vitamin D is what about all the research that has been coming out? I would say it's been coming out the last, what, like seven or eight years for a lot of different things like helping people um, with cancer and helping with their immune systems. There were some studies coming out about COVID having higher levels of vitamin D meant that you were, the survivability rate went up. Right. Well, I think there's a difference between vitality and survival. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the research that's been done on vitamin D uh, is based on correlation, not causation. Mm. And when you really get into the weeds of it, there's a big difference between storage D, which is what's being measured here, Mm -hmm. and active D, which regulates the immune system, but it's a triad. You got to have active D, you got to have a driver, it's called VDR, vitamin D receptor, Mm-hmm. And you need a navigator called RXR. And the navigator is a byproduct of vitamin A metabolism. And if you're sucking down a lot of vitamin D, you're blocking vitamin A uptake. What we recommend in the protocol is to take cod liver oil, which has A and D in the right proportions that Mother Nature wants, which is 10 times more A than D. And when you're focusing just on vitamin D, you're going to invert that, which is what you've done. And I see this all the time when people, their A and D is inverted 
and it it will cause second and third order implications in your metabolism. And vitamin A retinol, the most pure and bioavailable form, I believe, exists in organ meats, correct? Organ meats were very high, liver mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. And then cod liver oil would probably be uh, a very close second. So then we come down to your your uric acid. It's a very enviable 3.8. So so my theory about that I I didn't recall the hemochromatosis. So my theory about uric acid driving higher doesn't apply. Oh, but, interesting. Okay. So if someone didn't have hemochromatosis, what would the uric acid? How would that affect their iron? It well, there are several studies done out of China in the last uh, five to seven years, and what they found is that elevated uric acid disrupts the recycling system, mm. and it causes elevations of hemoglobin and serum iron and percent saturation. So it's, it's again, it's correlation. I'm not sure that they know the, the actual causal relationship, but you want to keep your uric acid where it is. That's a really rock solid. And, and what I should also point out to the folks is everyone fixates, fixates on the reference ranges. Mm-hmm. Please throw those out. Don't even, don't even pay attention to those. What we look for in the RCP is between four and five. And um, that's that's a really, your 3.8 is a very strong uh, indication. If it was 2.8, then I'd be worried that maybe you aren't excreting enough. Mm-hmm. Low uric acid is connected to neurodegeneration. Mm-hmm. And if we had you know, two-hour block, I could explain what that's all about. But but the important thing is you're where you need to be for your uric acid. I have been a longtime supporter and lover of Organifi, and I'm so excited to announce that they are rolling out a special product line just for kids. They're committed to delivering the same level, a level of quality nutrition and a yummy experience even picky kiddos will love. To kick off this line, they're going to be launching a kids greens called Easy Greens, as well as an immunity product called Protect. The kids greens is a nourishing and delicious blend of superfoods and veggies that provides essential nutrients, probiotics, and digestive enzymes to bring balance to kids growing bodies without fillers, additives, or junk. The main ingredients are nutrient-rich veggies, carrot, broccoli, sprout, spinach, and beet, superfoods like moringa and chlorella, and digestive support like digestive enzymes, probiotics, and fiber. And the kids immunity is going to support your child's daily immune health with a berry blast of herbs and superfoods that work to strengthen the body's first line of defense. It has orange and acerole cherry. It has astragalus, which is a potent adaptogenic root used to support and boost the immune system. Also elderberry, which is an antioxidant-rich healing plant that supports the body's defenses against illness. And then of course, propolis, which is the bodyguard of the beehive that can help naturally prevent sickness and modulate the immune system. Make sure to go to the website and check out some of my favorites, especially as we are going into winter. I love their critical immune support. It's fast acting immune support for quicker recovery and a stronger sense of well-being. I'm also a huge, huge fan of their liver reset. It supports the liver natural detoxification process with a unique formula to improve liver health, digestion, and energy. I tell everyone I know, and including you guys, my audience, that I think everyone needs to be on a liver supplement because we are being exposed to so many different environmental toxins, stuff in our water, pesticides in our food, stuff in the air that all has to go through our liver. And so our livers are really working on overtime right now. 
And taking something that will protect our liver health is absolutely imperative. They also have green juices. They have a gold, chocolate gold, which is a delicious bedtime drink that I like to drink before bed. It tastes like hot chocolate and there's like no sugar in there. And it really helps you get sleepy and ready for bed. And it's a great bedtime treat. So if you guys want to try any of these products, go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Real Foodology. Or you can just go to Organifi.com and use code Real Foodology. I learned in school that we do not want to go by that reference range because the reference range is becoming broader and broader based on our society who's very sick. We have a population of about 12% metabolically healthy right now. So when you take a reference range, it's essentially an average of the overall population. And when you have a really sick overall population, you don't want to go for the average because that means that you're part of that, you know, that, what is that? The 12, so like the nine or the, sorry, the 88% that's metabolically unhealthy. Exactly. Yep. That's okay. right. So let's say like what, where would someone find a, a healthier reference range for all the, I mean, that's kind of a broad asking statement for everything, but. There, there are a lot of functional doctors that have recommended um, markers, re- recommended levels. Um, we have them within the, the root cause protocol. Uh, the, the RCPCs, the, the consultants all use um, the targets that we've, you know, over the years, you, you begin to amass quite a collection. And so I don't really believe so much in ranges as I do a, a number. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, here's an example. Body temperature could be anywhere from 92 to, to 108. Well, those bookends will kill you. Yeah. So yeah. 98.6 is what we strive for. Mm-hmm. Well, that, there are markers where you can be very precise about the value for uh, each individual blood marker. And I think the body is always looking for a sweet spot. It's not looking for a range that you could drive a Mack truck through sideways. So what about this? Sure. Oh, I don't even know how to say this. Ceruloplasm. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, so that word appears a thousand times in this book. And try saying it a thousand times. By the end of the book, I was like, oh, anyway, <laughs> the tongue was all worn out. But ceruloplasmin is the copper protein that is the master antioxidant in our body. So we have a master antioxidant in the body called ceruloplasmin, master antioxidant in the cell called glutathione, master antioxidant in the mitochondria called melatonin. Well, all three of those require copper to make them work. Oh, wait, melatonin is a master antioxidant of what? The cell. The mitochondria. You can't make melatonin without serotonin. You can't make serotonin without copper, and you can't flip serotonin into melatonin without copper again. So I always heard that glutathione was a master antioxidant, but I didn't know that there were different silos for this. So glutathione is a master antioxidant for what? Mitochondria. No, melatonin for mitochondria, correct? Oh, sorry. Yeah, melatonin is mitochondria. Glutathione is cell. And, and copper is? Ceruloplasmin is the body. Okay, so sorry, continue. I just had never heard that. That's fascinating. God, I learned so much from you. I love this. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad. So then we come to, so we have this master antioxidant protein that expresses different antioxidant enzyme functions. It's a very important concept that's not taught in any doctor school. So 
What I look for is the ratio of copper to ceruloplasmin. The ideal for copper is 100. The ideal for ceruloplasmin is 30. These numbers were developed by a famous team of biologists <clears throat> who did their work in a Bell laboratory, AT&T Bell Labs, in upstate New York in the 1960s. Why were they studying human metal nutrition in an AT&T lab? I've always wondered that. But the I point was is the, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So so 106 divided by 24, let's back up. 100 divided by 30 is 3.33. That's the sweet spot. That's ideal copper to ceruloplasmin. Yours is 106 divided by 24, and the number is 4.42. 442. Now you got to think logarithmically on this one, Courtney. So it's not an ordinal, oh yeah, 4.42 is pretty close to 3.33. If we were going logarithmic, if we were talking about earthquakes, your copper to ceruloplasma is 10 times higher than it should be. What that tells us is you have some level of inflammation in your body. And again, it makes sense to me given how much iron is in your blood. Iron is not your friend. Iron needs to be very carefully regulated. And so your percent saturation was just slightly higher than I like to see it. I'd really, really like to see it closer to, you know, 20 to 25. You're at 35. Your iron was a little higher than ideal. Again, it's just what we're looking for here is just subtle indications of imbalance. Subtle indications of metabolic stress. That's what we're really looking for in this process. So then um, everyone fixates on the, the zinc copper ratio, which is irrelevant. And that's the work of a famous psychiatrist named Carl Pfeiffer. He was a PhD before he became an MD. And he was a principal in the MK Ultra program in the CIA. That should make people a little nervous right now. And so he's the guy who started talking about zinc-copper ratios in the 1960s. Prior to that, all of the great scientists were talking about copper-iron ratios. They weren't worrying about zinc. Zinc wasn't even on the radar. So all this preoccupation with zinc is a modern phenomenon designed to distract us, and it's working wonders because everyone's worried about their zinc levels and your zinc is on the low side right and the reason why it's on the low side is that there's probably a good chance that you've had a low copper diet during your life and that there's been a buildup of iron in your liver especially with a condition called hemochromatosis what if the the curious George in you should go to a, a ferroscan center and get a liver scan and find out how much iron you have and how much fat deposits you have in your liver. You have a noteworthy genetic mutation that disrupts iron metabolism and fat metabolism. It would just be good for you to know that. And to be monitoring that, again, it's it's like you've got a thorn in your heel and you want to be mindful of it and try to get that thorn out. 
What's important to know is that as iron builds in the liver, it's going to cause magnesium loss in the liver. And the mistake that functional doctors make all the time is that when they see a low ferritin, excuse me, if you see a low zinc, they'll recommend zinc supplementation, not giving a thought to the fact that zinc supplements are going to block copper uptake. They won't even think about that. And what, it, what happens when people start doing the RCPC or the root cause protocol, when they start doing that, they start to regulate the copper iron and their zinc levels rise without taking supplements. So the body will correct itself. It doesn't always need a supplement to do it. What's happening is the liver is taking zinc when in fact it would prefer magnesium, but they're the same valence. And so it's grabbing the zinc, making it look low in the blood, and that's affecting that um, that panel, that part of the panel. Interesting. Even if I'm, because I'm taking a magnesium supplement right now, I take Bioptimizers, the magnesium breakthrough that has all seven forms of magnesium. That's great. Okay. Good. But your, magne- your magnesium at the bottom of the page is 5.4 and the range is up to seven. Mm-hmm. I would like to see people at a 6.5. Given okay. your condition, 5.4 is actually pretty good. And I bet half my uh, clients that I've worked with would give their left arm to have a, a number that high because most of them are in the fours. Wow. Well, maybe get them on magnesium breakthrough because it seems to be working. Shout out to Bioptimizers. That's great. So then we come to ferritin. Mm-hmm. And we're back to the teacup, right? But the teacup is only inside the cell. It's not in the blood. But the good news is your ferritin is spot on. It's right where I like to see it. The, the difficulty we have is that when it gets above 150 for a woman or 300 for a man, we know we have raging levels of inflammation in the liver. And it's the easiest way to uh, rectify that is do a phlebotomy and get on the root cause protocol. When it gets below 20, wheels start to come off the track and doctors are trained to say, you need more iron. When in fact, I think what it's really revealing, I think what ferritin is telling us is, is the spleen running low to overheated? That's really what I think it's telling us. It's a, it's an inflammatory marker. It's not an iron marker. And that's a very heretical thing to say. But too many mistakes are being made around low ferritin. People who have normal hemoglobin, normal um, serum iron, and they're being told that their iron stores are low and you need more iron. And that is not true at all. And in fact, your hemoglobin is 13.8, which is exactly where it should be. It's ideally a woman should be between 12.5 and 13.5. You're just, you know, a couple hairs above. And it's interesting, your, your hemoglobin was higher than that. You're, you were in the male range, 14.5 to 15.5. And now it's down into the, uh, the midpoint of the, it's it's within the range wow. of of the woman's range. I wonder and why so, that was up. What would that mean that I was up with it hemoglobin previously? Um, again, we don't know what your uric acid was before. We know what it is now. Yeah. It could have been elevated. And when was that prior study done? The previous uh, blood uh, test? June 7th. So you know what that was? That was the function health test that I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
where they did an extensive blood work, but it looks like it's strange that they didn't do uric acid. But anyways. And so then wait, the one we haven't talked about, we alluded to it before. I said I predicted your transferrin would be around 27. It's actually almost, it, it comes out as a three-digit number, 287. I moved the decimal point over so I can compare it to ceruloplasmin. The, the good news is that you're close. Those numbers are both supposed to be 30. And so your ceruloplasmin is 24. Mm-hmm. Yep, 24. 24. Okay, and, and so you're saying for the for the transferrin, you move it over once, it'd be 28.7 to compare it to ceruloplasm. Right. And so what, again, not knowing all the details of your supplement routine, not knowing all the other factors, um, your, your transferrin is actually pretty good given what's going on. It's very close to 30. And your ceruloplasmin is less than that. And as uh, fate would have it, this is a very wicked development, but um, in a low copper diet, someone eating a low copper diet, which most of us were raised on in this country, pretty much around the world now, but a low copper diet will generate a high iron liver. Again, especially someone with hemochromatosis. And guess where the iron accumulates in the lobe of the liver where ceruloplasmin is made. That's a wicked, wicked place for it. And so all the more reason to do a scan to find out where your iron is, and you'd be a great candidate for um, castor oil packs over your Mm. liver area, alternate liver and spleen side to side, you know, and I would I would definitely be on the, the protocol. I would definitely be taking copper supplements. Mm-hmm. And you you just want to know that your body will um, respond to stimulus because it will. When are we going to change your your hemochromatosis gene? I don't know that we will. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is regulate the the byproduct of that dysfunction on a regular basis. So. You were saying that my copper is 10 times higher than it should be, basically saying, indicating that I probably have too much iron in the blood, correct? Well, I'm, I'm, what I was saying is the ratio of copper to ceruloplasma mm-hmm. was 4.42. Ideal is 3.33. And I'm encouraging people not to look at it at an ordinal mathematical level, look at it on a logarithmic level. And so 4.42 is 10 times higher. And when I see that, typically what that means is the body is dealing with inflammation. There's always some level of inflammation in our body, some level of inefficiency. But especially in a body that has hemochromatosis, there's a greater likelihood that that's taking place. And what I referenced was your uh, iron, serum iron, was 20% higher than ideal. And that would, that could be just enough to to stimulate that inflammatory process. And so, though, essentially, the solution for all of this would be to start supplementing with copper, correct? Well, the base, the foundation would be the protocol overall, and the goal is there's a whole series of stops, whole series of starts, but the whole focus is to make more bioavailable copper, which requires retinol 
retinol, right? Vitamin A, retinol. Um, got to have whole food vitamin C. Got to have good source of B vitamins. Got to have a good source of copper, which is what recuperates about magnesium. And there's about a dozen different nutrients that we look at. And it just, it's, it's a great, um, leveler to bring the body back into balance. Your, your blood test reveals you're not broken, but you are out of balance. And the whole goal here is to gently bring the body back into balance as best you can, given that you have this genetic issue uh, as part of your dynamic. Amazing. So um, one way to bring up my vitamin A retinol would be eat organ meats, do cod liver oil. Is there, so I'm about to be traveling in Europe for three weeks and there's no way I'm going to be able to bring cod liver oil with me on that. Is there a, a supplement that you would suggest just while I'm traveling until I get back? Well, again, the, the folks at uh, Formula IQ have a, uh, cod liver supplement. Oh, they have a but, supplement. Great. Yeah, yeah. And um, what you what you're going to find in Europe is of an understanding of the RCP intuitively. the The Mediterranean diet is basically the RCP. The nutrient focus of the Mediterranean diet, places where you'll be hanging out, will have uh, nutrient dense food. Uh, and that's what you want to do would be eating locally, eating seasonally, eating nutrient-dense foods, eating organ meats where you can. They know what butter is. They know what um, bone marrow is. They know what cod liver is. And they won't be at all surprised by you asking for that. Okay. And then you mentioned protocol overall. Where do I find that? Just on your website? It's on the website, rcp123.org. It's in the book, the, the Cure Your Fatigue. You can go to that website, RCP123. And when you donate your email, which we will respect and protect, we will send you a 50 page document with the protocol. Then, if you go to uh, Formula IQ, they also have a version of it that's a, it's a very uh, impressive, glitzy, lots of color outline of the of the protocol as well, the stops and the starts. Okay. This is amazing. This was so helpful. I learned so much. Is there anything else that you want to add or anything maybe that I didn't ask that is important for people to know before we go? I, th I think what's important for people to know is that uh, this is a very different paradigm of healing based on energy and we ignore enemies. We don't worry about the pathogens. We don't worry about the toxins. We don't worry about detox. Because when the body has energy, the body knows exactly what to do. The body has a blueprint. But the blueprint requires energy. And what we're, what the sole focus of the protocol is, is to generate, using the right nutrients, allow the body to generate energy to run that blueprint. I, I think what might be an interesting focus going forward to the extent that we can have a, another conversation would be to answer the questions that I'm sure many of your listeners had when they heard this information. Because it's this is a very disruptive um, outline of, of new information that people have never heard before. And it's not it's not Morley's opinion. It's not a, it's a compendium of research that has driven my understanding of what's really going on inside the body. And it's helping a lot of people around the planet. So that that's really what's what's driving me. And I, I happen to befriend a film producer 
who unbeknownst to me uh, has struggled with both depression and um, type 2 diabetes for much of his adult life. And um, long story short, got invited into a film that he was doing, heard me speak. He said, well, would this would this protocol help me? I said, well, there's only one way to find out. And he's like Spider-Man now. He's like, he, he said, I've got so much energy. He said, the fog has lifted. He said, I feel like I have control over my blood sugars for the first time in my life. And now he wants to do a full-length documentary on bioavailable copper to help spread the word. So this is, you know, it's music to my ears, but I think it's important for people to realize that there is a wisdom in our body. It responds to energy and knows what to do. And we've been trained by the system to think we're broken and we're not. We're just, you know, we're, we're underfunded with the right nutrients. Oh, that's so amazing. That's such a great thing to end on. I was on a trip this last weekend and one of the women on the trip, we ended up sitting next to each other at breakfast and she goes, Courtney, that episode with Morley Robbins completely changed my life. She was like, I was dealing with so much fatigue, so much brain fog. I could barely function. And she was like, I could not figure out what was going on. I was eating so healthy. I'm you know, on my diet. I'm on my supplements and all this stuff. And she said that she immediately bought your book when she listened to the podcast. She she said that she got it on audio too. And she just like devoured it in like a week <laughs> and said right. that it changed her life. She was like, I feel so much better. I'm on all the supplements. I'm doing the protocol that he suggested. And so I just wanted to share that. Out know. of 100 people, out of 100 people, what typically will happen is two or three will have that kind of experience. They'll, it'll click. They'll, they'll act on it. It'll change their life. And the other 97 people, it's too simple. Doesn't It doesn't jive with what I know. And so it's a constant process to try to reach more of the, the twosies, threesies, and hope that the other 97 will wake up. Because the body is amazing. And we've been led down a very primrose path of disinformation to believe that it's broken. And it's not. And, it's, and it really does respond to stimulus, but it's got to be the right stimulus. And people don't realize that the internet's telling you to go left when in fact you should go right. And that's where the, that's where the conflict is. People don't realize that the recommendations are flawed. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of this challenges people's core beliefs and it really requires an open mind and an understanding that maybe we've got some of this wrong and that's okay. And that's also right. just to, right. And then also just to know too, that our bodies want to be healthy. And I think it's so important that you bring that up that we're, we're taught, we're conditioned like, oh, you know, things just break, you age and we're just kind of broken. And like, that's it. You're just giving me a medication for life. And we could not, that could not be further from the truth. Our bodies want to be healthy and they can function correctly when given the right tools and, you know, the right protocols and certain health modalities. We're here. Our body is here to make energy. It's why it exists. And it, we're supposed to use that energy to get our work done, to solve the puzzles of our life. Whatever it is, your, the puzzles for you are different than the puzzles for me, but we're here to solve those puzzles. And it takes energy and, and discernment and intellect and reflection, and you got to have energy to do all that. 
So true. Well, I think it's a great way to end on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, please let people know where they can find you, where they can find your book and just any sort of like links you want to drop. And then just know everyone, we're going to put those in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, again, whoever's selling books, you know, Amazon, Abe, Barnes, whoever, uh, get it online. You can get it physical, ebook, and audio. I really recommend people get the physical and the audio. There's a certain chemistry that comes with that. Um, the website, rcp123.org. Social media, um, we're on Instagram, Facebook. It's either Magnesium Advocacy Group or the RCP page. Um, Formula IQ, again, I would encourage people to, to uh, pursue that. I think it's a wonderful site that has has the goodies and, and has the recuperate that I think people really desperately need. And then for people who want to reach out, I'm always happy to share my email address, morleyrobbins at gmail.com. And my phone number, which always freaks out the podcasters, is 847-922-8061. People are very respectful about that. And uh, I always enjoy the calls that that, that uh, come my way. And invariably, they are just, they're life-changing for both of us. So I appreciate people using their uh, their judgment to make those calls. Oh, Morley, you're so amazing. I really appreciate it because, you know, you can tell you really care and that you really want to help people. You know, it's oh, a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. No, this, is, this, is a, this is my life's work. And, uh, and die real quick. The reason why I'm here is to help people overcome their physical ailments so they can get on with their life's work. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, um, I do want to note, so you mentioned that you'd be down to come back. So anyone listening, if you have specific questions based off of what we talked about today, if you're okay with this, Morley. Oh, absolutely. I do it all the time. I love it. Great. Um, if you guys want to DM me those questions, I'll collect them and then I'll get with Morley about doing another episode where we answer all those questions. So be a lot of fun. Ask away. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. This was such a great episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Georgie is spelled with a J. For more amazing podcasts produced by my team, go to resonantmediagroup.com. I love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first. Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of the Real Foodology podcast comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long-hauler syndrome, and pain management. Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style, and she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. 
Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.